Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. Hello, Dov. Hello, Abby. So today we're doing Tetzaveh. We are in Exodus 27.20. Uh, translate, please. You shall command. And who's being commanded? Uh, the children of Israel are being commanded to take pure oil for the lighting of the menorah. So this this is chapter and verse about the vestments of the priests, yes, right? Yes, correct. Which means the costume and the kind of the pomp and the the uniform, essentially. The uniform, I would say. And it's gold, purple, crimson yarns, linen. I mean, it's twisted linen, yarn. I mean, shoulder pieces. I'm just looking down here. This goes on and on. Yes, engravings. What's it all about? Well, first I want to jump in and say that everything you just read or you just listed is really about the high priest, that the regular priest, which was everyone else, there's only one high priest, they would wear very simple white garments, you know, that would act, it would be a uniform, but it would not be pomp and circumstance. That's really the high priest. And let's fill in, like, what does it mean to be a priest? Because that's not something we use anymore. Right, right. We think very Christian when we hear priest. Uh, Priests were descendants of Aaron, brother of Moses, and they served in the temple, and they were the ones that brought the sacrifices. Um, And they cannot stand at a gravesite. They can't, right. So some of the prohibitions that apply to them, one is that they're not allowed to come in contact with or in the certain type of proximity with. With a corpse, a dead body. Um, there's a beautiful explanation from Samson Raphael Hirsch, and he says the purpose of this was that as opposed to priests in other religions who ne- you were needed at the time of death and therefore exerted enormous control over people to determine whether they're going to get into heaven, because in Judaism, priests have to be distant at the time of death. So that's one way they're separated out from the people because they are supposed to be seen as attached to the temple. So somebody who becomes ritually impure can't be in the temple. So this gives them uh, their special status. It puts restrictions on them, but it's a special status. I have to say that these verses this Parsha made me think of the George Washington uh, biography that I read, the, the massive Cherno uh, biography, which is amazing, because George Washington spent so much time. I mean, it went through the whole book on his uniforms, designing them, choosing the fabric, choosing the velvet. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, you're, you're supposed to be at a certain point. He was obviously a general running an army. and Then he was president. Like, why are you spending so much time on your clothes, and I thought, like, it's the it's similar to this. It's sort of the power of the costume mm-hmm. and what it confers in terms of authority. Right. When I became the president of, of Yeshiva Chovei Torah, my wife told me, okay, you got to get all new suits. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, and the and Talmud... And you looking really good. Oh, right? thank you. And sometimes the Talmud says that a, uh, that a Torah scholar cannot go out with a with like some stain on his garments. So there's a question also of like what you represent and how see people see you present yourself, which I think goes beyond uniform. But what about just the idea that there is hierarchy in this costume? I mean, the fact that the, the priests have different clothing is saying that we are set apart and in some sense superior. Um, I do wonder if the costume of the or the uniform of the regular priests, you know, yells out superior. Um, it does sort of set apart. There's no question. But to some degree, I think the regular priests were supposed to almost be like you know, uh, like the furniture in the temple. They're not have their individuality. You just, they're the workings of the temple. You bring your sacrifice and it gets brought on the altar. So 
Yeah, I don't think superior. I wouldn't see that by the regular priests, but certainly by the high priests. But I would say even just to, again, bring it to today, you know, I, I've talked to some young people about this um, when, when I've spoken to, to teenagers. You're making a choice for difference mm-hmm. when you kind of sustain your Jewish identity. You know, mm-hmm. it, there are things that we do that kind of publicly announce that we're Jews. And that's mm-hmm. a, a decision that one makes, right. particularly now when it's not a given. Right. And the costume is part of it. Whether you just put a keeper on your head, I don't want to say just, but right. or you are in, you know, Hasidic uh, garb, or even to sit in a sukkah on a campus mm-hmm. is to announce something about yourself. That's part of what also struck me in this parsha is these these things that signal difference. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, maybe then weren't a choice, but today they are. Mm-hmm. I was just at a, a speech that Deborah Lipstadt gave where she is now wearing a Mogan David around her neck. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to do it because she wants to highlight the victimization that has kind of reared its ugly head again. But to kind of say, I am signaling my identity wherever I go mm-hmm. in a way that is public. So right. maybe it's not a vestment, but right. in, in some way it's an announcement. Right, right. Um, you know, I'm thinking as you're talking that it's not only signaling to the outside world, but what it does for our own self-definition, how it makes us think about ourselves. Because one thing about wearing some garment is, number one, it's with you all the time, so uh, so you're announcing it all the time. But number two, it's like right on your body becomes in some way an extension of your body. So do you see how that actually changes our own self-definition? Absolutely. You've actually just raised an issue that I think carries right into the verse I wanted to highlight, Exodus 28, 29. It says, Aaron shall carry the names of the sons of Israel on the breastpiece of decision over his heart when he enters the sanctuary for remembrance before the Lord at all times. Mm. This idea, you just said carrying Mm. your identity. Um, He's carrying the names of the sons of Israel, the names of essentially the forebearers, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And there's something about uh, that physical kind of intertwining of the ancestors of the, in, the, the you're wearing the inheritance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that to me is extremely powerful and and completely resonant for those of us who t- kind of choose to accept or reject mm. the thing we've been handed. But what do you think about what it means to carry your inheritance as an idea for uh, you personally? I mean, for me personally, I think that that's something I do every day in my learning and teaching of Torah. To me, every time I open up a a Talmud, you know, I'm connecting back to uh, 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago in Babylon. And then when I read the commentaries, 1,000 years ago in France or in Germany or in Spain. So, you know, you're going through the centuries and through the different locations where the Jews were. um, And I encounter that every day. Is there a piece of clothing or something, an object that you carry or own that ties you in some way to your ancestors? So as far as a piece of clothing, I don't think so. But I think the answer to that would be for my son. He wears the tefillin that was passed down from his grandfather, from my grandfather, so his great-grandfather. So and to him, that's very meaningful every morning when he puts on those tefillin to feel that sense of going back all the generations. Um, and that's wearing something, you know? How about you, Abby? Um, my uncle Bernie used to um, officiate at our at our seder, run mm-hmm. the seder um, in Larchmont, and when it was passed to my mother and then to me to run the seder, um, I inherited his kittle, mm. and that is something that is very powerful to me because I remember him in it. I actually haven't had the courage to wear it 
It just doesn't feel like I've earned it, but I'm proud to own it. It's really interesting. The two things we remembered were forms of things that we wear. Shabbat shalom, Abby. Shabbat shalom. In Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.